I invite you to stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. From Mark chapter 1. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately Jesus called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Change is hard. <coughs> Who knew? Unfortunately, change is part of our lives from pretty early ages. And I think the biggest change I experienced in my young life was the first time I can remember my family moving. We had moved into our house on Taps Island in Bonnie Lake, Washington, before I could really remember any other place. Around three years old, I had claimed my room and my home in that house, and for nine years, we lived there. For three quarters of my young life, that house was the only home I ever knew, until it wasn't anymore. My family was moving away from my home, which meant, unfortunately, that I had to join them. <laughs> At 12 years old, never having moved before that I could remember, this was a big deal. I remember calling my friend on the phone, sobbing, to tell her the news. We're moving at the end of the summer. I remember her worried response. Oh no, where are you moving to? I had to work to contain myself, to control my tears and my sobs, so that I could get the words out as I laid down the sentence I had been given. We're moving to Old Man Thomas Road. After a moment of silence on the other line, my friend asked, well, where is that? Behind the elementary school, I sobbed. I was waiting for my friend to join me in crying to throw the phone across the room in a dramatic moment of tragedy. I was waiting for her to understand what a big deal this was for me. But I think that my friend was more annoyed than anything else. Here, she thought that with the way I was acting, we must be moving out of state. I mean, really, with the volume of my sobbing, maybe even out of the country. She was likely worried that she would never see me again. I think she was surprised to learn that we were moving just 10 miles away, and that we would still be in the same school district. In fact, we were actually moving closer to her house. Change is hard. No matter your age, but especially when you're 12 years old, planning to leave the only home you've ever known, change is hard, and life is filled with change. Our readings today are filled with change, too. And for the most part, everyone just experiences it without saying much of anything. Each reading
everything has big, home-leaving type changes, but there's no sobbing, there's no great drama or tragedy here, except maybe for Jonah. We don't hear it in the verses read today from Jonah, but many of you know the story of the man who gets thrown into the ocean and is then swallowed up by a giant fish because he doesn't want to go to Nineveh to preach. And Nineveh is the capital of the country that has been oppressing the Hebrew people. They are the sort of epitome of sinfulness, of selfishness, of violence, and brokenness. And Jonah's God is the God of the Hebrew people. So for Jonah, he doesn't get it. Why is God asking him to preach to warn the bad guys? But after you get swallowed by a giant fish and then spat back out, you tend to lean into the change a little bit. So Jonah goes and he preaches, and all the people of Nineveh hear his lackluster eight-word sermon, and they are changed by it. The people of Nineveh are changed from selfish and sinful unbelievers to humble and praying believers. Their hearts and minds are changed, and God's heart is changed by them. Seeing the embrace of God of new life in the Ninevites, God decides not to destroy Nineveh. The only times we see God change God's mind in scripture are here in Jonah, with Abraham in Genesis, and with Moses in Exodus. It's strange to think about that God changes too. When God's mind is changed, it's always for more mercy. God's mind is changed for love. God's mind is changed for forgiveness. And this mind changing, this heart changing, if you didn't know, is the definition of repentance. When Jesus says in our reading from Mark, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe in the good news, we might hear repent as the moral law. Be better, do better, change your life. And I know when I hear the word repent, I usually picture street corner preachers yelling all kinds of hate at passerby. In Hebrew, repent means to turn around, which is a wonderful way to think about what God calls us to do as sinners, to turn around and to turn towards God. But in Greek, the language our reading from Mark is written in, a commentary reminded me the word repent means to change your heart and mind. And literally, the word used is heart-mind, that both cannot be separated, that they are together. And to repent was to change your heart and your mind like the Ninevites were changed, like God's mind was changed in Nineveh, Jesus calls us to be changed too. Jesus comes in preaching a literal world of change. The kingdom of God has come near. That's a big change from what anyone else would have known. God's kingdom of love, mercy, and justice is not something anyone then, or many people even now, think of as something that exists here on earth. But that's what Jesus is preaching. The kingdom isn't far away. It isn't something that you only see after this life, but it's here right now, and it starts with Jesus. Life and faith in the entire world are changed in Jesus, and the first four disciples experience that change immediately. Simon and Andrew are asked to leave the certainty of their profession, to leave their nets and to be made into fishers of people, whatever that means. They leave behind their understanding of their world, their careers, and their homes to follow this Jesus. James and John leave the comfort of their family and friends, the comfort of their homes, and they follow too. 
Their hearts, their minds, their entire lives are changed by Jesus in a moment. And it's this kind of moment, this kind of change, that Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, is trying to get at. I happened to pull open this chapter from 1 Corinthians on my computer this week, which meant I read these words from Paul in a completely different translation than we normally read them. Because my computer was set up for small seeds last Sunday, and we use the International Children's Bible for that translation. What a difference reading Paul's words as a child might understand them made for me this week. In our reading today, Paul's request seems cold and sort of impossible. How can those who mourn just stop mourning, or those who rejoice just stop rejoicing? How can we not deal with our world? Well, the International Children's Bible reminded me of the reasons Paul is asking for such changes. It says, brothers, this is what I mean. We do not have much time left. So starting now, those who have wives should use their time to serve the Lord. The kingdom has come near. And for Paul, that nearness means that this world is fading away. This world as we know it and as we are attached to it will soon be gone. And as readers now, we know that Paul's expectation of change was maybe a little off. The world has been changed and the world will fade away, but it hasn't fully yet. Even though Paul's expectation of change is a bit more intense than reality, his words can still have meaning for us. Paul calls upon the people in Corinth and upon us to be changed by our faith, to repent, for the kingdom has come near, to allow our hearts to be changed, for God has come near, to allow our minds to be changed, for Jesus has come near, to be changed from people who are overly attached to this world into people who serve God and our neighbor. Paul's words are a reminder that part of this faith, part of this life in Christ, is to be changed by Jesus. And that change might look different for each and every one of us. That change might look different for you today than it did for you 10 years ago. Maybe it's the change in your heart that calls you to serve a person in need. Maybe you've experienced a change in your mind about who it is that actually is your neighbor. Maybe you have felt called to a change in your location, your career, or your relationships. And maybe you have your own memories of sobbing and dramatically retelling a change that you've experienced. Change is happening all around us and in our lives every day. And in all the change that we experience, in all the change that we are called to, in all of this, as our psalm says today, God is our rock and our salvation. The only thing that changes about God is that God only loves you more. God only forgives you more. God's change is only to become more faithful, even and maybe especially when we don't deserve it, when we are shaken when we fail to put our trust in God, when we are sobbing and filled with fear and drama like me at 12 years old, when we fail to make the changes we know that God is calling us to, when we fail to love, when we fail to serve, when we fail to leave behind our nets and follow Jesus, when change is too hard, or when we fail to be changed by God, God's heart is changed again for us. God sends God's kingdom into this world. God sends God's son into this world. Jesus takes our failures and our sins to that cross to change our hearts and our minds to make us new. Jesus rises from the dead and conquers our fears and our failures to give us the certainty of God's love for us, to bring us the comfort 
of being made children of God, members of God's family. Jesus does all of this not because we deserve it, but because we don't. Jesus brings God's kingdom near to us, changes us, and calls us to follow him. And when we're following Jesus, being changed by him, being moved by him, Jesus comforts us in all of the changes in our lives and brings us to the only home we need to know. Jesus brings us to our creator, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, to love, to mercy, and to hope. Jesus brings us home. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.